This is True News, the truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth, so help us God. I'm Rick Wiles. U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi is in Asia on a tour of nations. She met with leaders of Singapore today and has meetings planned in Malaysia, South Korea, and Japan. Her office has not made any official statement that the California Democrat will make a controversial visit to Taiwan, despite vehement warnings from China to stay away from the island. Following her arrival in Singapore, Taiwanese news outlets reported today that Mrs. Pelosi could fly to Taiwan as early as Tuesday, although an island stopover was not included in her official itinerary. How will China respond to a Pelosi visit to Taiwan? Doc Burkhardt and I have assembled a collection of international news articles to give you a better understanding of the dangers the world is facing today. And this is a serious situation, Doc. And it appears as the news continues to unfold throughout the day today that for, for sure she's going to Taiwan. I mean, that's pretty much a given. The question now is whether it's going to be uh, our time tomorrow morning or later in the day tomorrow. Uh, so that's going to be the telling factor there. That's what we're yes. really trying to nail down. That's at this right. Point. Still, still no official uh, <clears throat> statement from her office, but clear indications uh, that she is going to Taiwan. Look how fast this has moved. So fast. Two yes. weeks ago, it was just this idea that was tossed out there. Nancy Pelosi may visit Taiwan. Her you know, she's planning a trip, and, and then a week later, the, the Pentagon actually said, this may not be a good idea. Right. And then it just snowballed. And quickly, um, we saw uh, China make some extraordinarily blunt statements that she shouldn't visit. And then Friday, as you and I were doing True News, Ms. Pelosi took off. Yes. And... Um, we were the only outlet, I believe, in America that was reporting on Friday afternoon that she had left. Every, we got it. I know we got it from a, um, Several, well, South China she, Morning Post in yes. Hong Kong. Right. And but then CGTN started reporting it, and yes. then it snowballed. But there was nothing in America on Friday afternoon that she had left. So here we are now on Monday. And Speaker Pelosi may be in Taiwan tomorrow. Right. This has moved extraordinarily fast. If, if the Chinese let her in Taiwan, that's the question at this point. Yeah. So, um, well, let's look at some of the articles here that we have yeah, so, featured now, today. So this is a very serious situation that's developing here. This is from the Taipei Times. Uh, uh, Ms. Pelosi could arrive today. That's according to an analyst that's looking at the situation. If U.S. House of Representatives Speaker Nancy Pelosi comes to Taiwan, she would likely arrive this evening, now you got to remember they're ahead of us, 12 hours, or tomorrow morning after visiting Malaysia, a U.S. analyst said yesterday. According to the China Press, a Malaysian Chinese language newspaper, she is to arrive in Kuala Lumpur today for her second stop. Although the Malaysian government has not announced an official itinerary, the paper cited a person familiar with the that. Tuesday night or Wednesday morning, that's their Taiwan time. time. Right. What would... What would that be here, Doc? So they're 12 hours ahead of us. So Tuesday night, 
um, uh, for them would be Tuesday morning for us. Okay. So tomorrow morning. So by tomorrow morning, we could see news headlines that Nancy Pelosi has arrived in Taiwan or is on her way to Taiwan. Right. How are the Chinese reacting? Well, um, the Chinese obviously are still, um, you know, making very clear that they oppose this visit. And in fact, the White House today came out to say this, according to Bloomberg, White House is urging calm in Beijing over Pelosi's Taiwan visit, which I would think is the last thing you would say to the Chinese right now, just stay calm. Yeah, calm down. Uh, any married man knows if you tell your wife, calm down, that's, you're in for trouble then. So, um, well, What I see in this, <clears throat> Doc, is a soft approval by the White House. Oh, yeah, I see that now. So, They're not telling the speaker, uh, this isn't a good idea. You should, you should skip the Taiwan visit and uh, go someplace else. Uh, they're telling China, hey, chill out, which is a way of saying she's going to Taiwan and you need to just get over it. And I don't think that's a good reaction to the Chinese myself, but uh, in that article there, the White House urged China not to escalate tensions with the U.S. in response to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi's expected visit to Taiwan, signaling the Biden administration is girding for Beijing to retaliate. Put simply, there is no reason for Beijing to turn a potential visit consistent with long-standing U.S. policy into some sort of crisis or conflict or use it as a pretext to increase aggressive military activity, National Security Council spokesman John Kirby said at a Monday press briefing. We'll have some of that uh, press briefing here in just a moment. Kirby, for the first time, detailed possible actions China could take in response to Pelosi's trip to the self-governing island including firing missiles into the Taiwan Strait, launching new military operations, crossing an unofficial no-fly zone between Taiwan and the mainland, and making spurious legal claims about the strait. We will not take the bait or engage in saber-rattling, Kirby said. At the same time, we will not be intimidated. We will keep operating in the seas and the skies of the Western Pacific as we have for decades. Rick, we uh, have a clip of uh, John Kirby uh, uh, talking about this uh, specific mm -hmm. topic, if you'd like to see it now. Sure. Let's watch this. I want to reaffirm that the speaker has not confirmed any travel plans, and it is for the speaker to do so and her staff. So we won't be commenting or speculating about um, the, the stops on her trip. We have been clear from the very beginning that she will make her own decisions and that Congress is an independent branch of government. Our Constitution embeds a separation of powers. This is well known to the PRC, given our more than four decades of diplomatic relations. The Speaker has the right to visit Taiwan, and the Speaker of the House has visited Taiwan before, without incident, as have many members of Congress, including this year. Now, the world has seen the United States government be very clear that nothing has changed, nothing has changed about our one China policy, which is, of course, guided by the Taiwan Relations Act, the three joint U.S.-PRC communiques and the six assurances. We have said, and we have repeatedly said, that we oppose any unilateral changes to the status quo from either side. We have said that we do not support Taiwan independence, and we have said that we expect cross-strait differences to be resolved by peaceful means. 
We have communicated this directly to the PRC at the highest levels, including as recently as last week in the phone call between President Biden and President Xi. The National Security Advisor, the Secretaries of State and Defense, the Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff have also made this very clear to Beijing in a half a dozen recent high-level conversations. Put simply, there is no reason for Beijing to turn a potential visit consistent with long-standing U.S. policy into some sort of crisis or conflict, or use it as a pretext to increase aggressive military activity in or around the Taiwan Strait. Well, Doc, let's look at what Mr. Kirby said China could do. These are his suggestions. Um, he said they, uh, they, might, uh, they might fire missiles into the Taiwan Strait. In other words, just shoot them off like fireworks. Right. You know, That's what the Chinese do, right? Vent, vent their, their anger. They're just going to fire off some rockets. They may launch uh, new military operations. I guess he's assuming that would be um, maybe a military drill. Right. You know, some type of show of force. They may fly. They may cross an unofficial no-fly zone between Taiwan and the mainland. So they may send out some, some fighter planes and just show off and show how close that they can get to the island. Or even, here's the worst one. They may make spurious claims. Oh, send a letter, huh? Yeah, send a letter complaining about Ms. Pelosi's visit. If that's what John Kirby thinks the Chinese are going to do this week, he's really deluded. Because we're going to show you what the Chinese are telling us they're going to do. The very next one says, and this is from Newsweek today, China's military vows to bury any invading enemy. Is, I think it may mean more than shooting some rockets into the sky. And they consider any military aircraft that crosses uh, their line right now as an invading enemy. So the very plane that Ms. Pelosi is flying on would be an invading enemy. Yes. So the uh, Chinese military command on the front line of the Taiwan Strait has threatened to neutralize any foreign foes entering the disputed waterway without permission as tensions mount over a potential visit to the island by U.S. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Now, coinciding with the 95th anniversary of the uh, People's Liberation Army, China's Eastern Theater video money showing off the nation's military might, including depictions of missile launches, amphibious landings, and other displays of force on air, land, and sea. Now, attached to the clip, which was posted on the social media website Sino Weibo, were a number of slogans such as bury any invading enemies and always ready to fight. Um, Doc, we have, a, we have a Chinese PLA video. I'm going to skip down. To, it's number 12 for our guys in the control room. Um, this is an official war propaganda video released by China's military today. There's, there's no... Uh, doubt about what the Chinese are telling the world is going to happen if and when Nancy Pelosi lands in Taiwan. Uh, watch this video and tell me what you think the message is.
的掩护，我去你！上级命令我舰立即出击。You think they're just going to send a letter to the United Nations making legal claims against the island? No. Um, and those guys, when you saw them chanting there, they were chanting, bury our enemies. Bury our enemies. That's what they were chanting. Um, Doc, I'm going to tell you what I think is going to happen. Um, I don't think the Chinese will shoot down Nancy Pelosi's plane. I think they're going to allow her to land. And then they're going to begin the invasion of Taiwan with Nancy Pelosi trapped on the island. If she survives, she will be taken as a prisoner of war. The House Speaker will be taken as a prisoner of war. So we would be in full-fledged shooting war in well, China. Well, it wouldn't be. They couldn't, the U.S. couldn't say that, we, that, that the Chinese shot her down. Right. They would say she land it on Chinese territory and the Chinese military invaded Chinese territory and she was uh, aiding enemies of the Chinese government. That's how they would phrase it. Um, and basically uh, they would be saying uh, Pelosi is, got caught in her own trap. In fact, I think we see it here. Um, let's see, one of the stories here. Yeah, let's go to number 13. This is the Daily Mail. Let her go to Taiwan, but pray for her. Chinese state media sends grim warning to Senator Nancy Pelosi. Yes. This is an uh, interesting article here. And this is the Prime Minister of Singapore. Right. I, I got to, uh, I didn't meet him. But I uh, sat in a room at Davos in 2020, and he was speaking. He was a, he's an extremely intelligent, calm, reasonable leader. I was very impressed by him. Um, but anyhow, let's, let's go to what the Daily Mail is reading, or saying. The Chinese are saying, let her go. But pray for the center, Nancy Pelosi. And also mentions there about the video that we just saw there um, where they show missile strikes and everything. Taipei is saying prepare for war. Um, so let's uh, read from that. The Chinese People's Liberation Army has issued another warning to Nancy Pelosi ahead of her expected trip.
video simulating a missile strike, aircraft carriers advancing, and fighter jets in formation in a stern warning from state media. The video was posted on WeChat on Monday morning following reports the U.S. House Speaker will arrive in Taipei on Tuesday night, despite Beijing warning that they could shoot her plane down and launch a military response. Chinese state media personality Hu Zhijin also issued a grim message to the top Democrat. This is what they said. Let her go to Taiwan, but pray before departure. Wish herself a, wish herself a safe journey and wish herself not be defined by history as a sinner who starts a spiral of escalation process, expanding military frictions to a large-scale war in the Taiwan Strait. This is where this is why I'm saying I think I think the plan now is to let her land in Taiwan, but she'll suffer her consequences once she touches that's Taiwan. A, that's an interesting take on that, Rick. And so, ah, okay, it's like the the Russians telling NATO. Here's the red line. Right. Back in December and January, they said, here's the red line. Right. We don't want to invade, but if you do these things, we're going to invade. Which they did. Which but NATO wanted them to yes. invade. And Nancy Pelosi is going under direction. This is not her harebrained idea. She is going under instructions from the warmongers who run America. They want the war to start. Doc, they want this war. Do you understand, my friends, the leaders of the West are bloodthirsty and they want a world war and it may start in the next 24 hours. We always have known that they've wanted a war with China. We just didn't know when. It looked like it was gonna be 2024 or 2025, but Thing, the timetable seems to have moved up here in this and particular quickly. case. So. Because, Doc, just weeks ago, all the focus was war with Russia. Yes. And then suddenly... It's China now. It's now China. Yeah. And the reality is, it's both countries. They're going to war with China and Russia simultaneously. Well, Did you notice in that video... That one rocket that took off, that was an ICBM. That was not a short-range rocket going across the Taiwan Strait. They showed some short-range rocket, short rockets there that were going across the Taiwan Strait. But that one rocket that launched was an ICBM. That was for America. This, this is... Maybe over soon, Doc. It may be over very soon. We have another quote from that Daily Mail article here. Reports from uh, TVBS News in Taiwan have said Pelosi could arrive in Taipei as early as tomorrow night, and her team has booked two hotels, although there is no mention of the visit in her official itinerary. Amid the threat, Taiwanese officials reportedly have canceled leave for soldiers and officers to immediately prepare for the prospect of war. Now, last Friday, Chinese state media said the government was prepared to shoot Pelosi's plane down if it was detected in its airspace, accompanied by a fighter jet escort. We would like to tell the United States once again that China is standing by. The Chinese People's Liberation Army will never sit idly by, and China will take resolute responses and strong countermeasures to defend its sovereignty and territorial integrity. Zhao told a regular daily briefing. Asked what kind of measures the PLA might take. Remember these words from last week? Zhao said, if she dares to go, then let us wait and see.
Well, she dares to go. She's going. So the question is whether or not China is going to go all in and you know, on the situation in Taiwan or not. So this is their choice, too. We've come to a point now where neither one of us can back down no. without looking bad. No, it's, this is too far gone. This is too far gone now. If the Chinese allow her to visit, the Chinese have lost face right. in and, Asia. And they can't do that. They can't. And, and, and if the U.S. tells Pelosi, cancel the trip, then we have lost face right. in, in the Asia. eyes of the world. Yes. So we're going to war. We're going to war. Uh, if the only thing that would stop it is if America's war planners uh, send the message to Pelosi, don't do it. We've changed our mind. We're not going to do it. But if that happens, America's influence in the world drops drastically. And China is now the big guy. America then is afraid of China. Well, let me ask so you this. Why did they set this up? They set up this scenario, Doc. This is a no-win scenario. Right. There was no reason for Nancy Pelosi to go to, China, to go to Taiwan. And the fact is, she's been owned by the CCP for decades. What, what changed now where she would challenge the Chinese? That's a really good point. So are the, are the commiecrats in America? I like that. Are they setting us up for annihilation? Biden in the White House, owned by the Chinese. A governor, a General Milley, he studies Marxism, talks with the China, top Chinese generals. generals. Or, he, at, he, least, he, or at least did. He, he studied Mao Zedong. He's, I mean, he's well-versed in Chinese communist Marxist strategy. So if you start to think about it, he spent his whole career for one purpose, to prepare for a war with China, his entire life, no. or to be owned by China, one of the two. I think you have to consider the possibility that he's a closet Marxist running the military. This may be the, the final step in the sellout of America this week. This may be it. It, this is, we may be, it may be that we have been set up for this war because it doesn't make sense. What, what is the reason for Pelosi going there? What is it, tell me, why are we doing this? At this time, she's supposed to be going to a, a semiconductor factory while she's there. Okay, but knowing that this was going to happen, yes. what's the purpose of it? Other than to start a shooting war. So if you were the ambassador of peace, let's say, all right, Rick Walls, ambassador mm -hmm. of peace, and you were to advise a situation, where, how could they back down from this? It's too late now. It's too late at this point. It's just too late. Without somebody losing major face at this yes, point. Yes, yes. Two weeks ago wasn't too late. It wasn't a big story. Nancy Pelosi could have said, uh, no, I, I would like to visit Taiwan, but I'm not going to. Maybe next year. 
maybe next year. Uh, I'll just go ahead and go home. Nothing would have been said. But the moment that China said, do not do it. And when, when Pelosi left the U.S. on Friday, she threw down the gauntlet. The fight was on at that point. There's no turning back at this now. There, there is no turning back. Somebody loses face tomorrow or Wednesday. Somebody's going to lose face if they back down. If China allows... Look, if Xi Jinping cannot allow her to land in Taiwan and fly home, the military will turn on him. Yeah, that's essential for him, too. The military, the Chinese military will turn on him. There'll be a coup. Because they're jacked up. They're, they're angry. They want war. They've got them. They got the troops ready to fight. They're, he can't back down. Or there'll be a communist revolt in China, and they'll replace him with somebody who will go to war. They this want a, the war now. This is a much more volatile situation than Russia and Ukraine, isn't it? Yes. Yes. The, the Russian army is not jacked up for war with America. It's just not. Chinese, Chinese PLA, they're bloodthirsty. They want, they've never been in a war. They've never so, been in a war and they, and they want, want they want a big one. They want to be in a big one. And numerically, they have us, numerically. There, there's so many of them in uniform uh, we could kill Chinese soldiers all day long and keep, they would still keep coming at us. Like we learned in the Korean War. Yes. So. yes. Well, we are currently positioning assets into place there. Uh, this is from USNI. Uh, the carrier USS Ronald Reagan, two F-35B big decks operating near Taiwan as Pelosi arrives in Singapore and China renews threats. Uh, three U.S. capital ships and their escorts are operating in the Western Pacific near Taiwan, USNI News has learned. Aircraft carrier USS Ronald Reagan and Big Deck amphibious ships USS America and USS Tripoli with Marine F-35B Lightning II Joint Strike Fighters embarked are operating in the vicinity of Taiwan on the edge of the South China Sea ahead of a Western Pacific visit from U.S. House Speaker Representative Nancy Pelosi's visit to the region, according to the August 1st edition of the USNI News Fleet and Marine Tracker. Uh, a Pentagon spokesman told USNI News on Monday that the ships were operating normally in the region would not detail force protection measures for the visit of the third highest ranking US official to the region. However, a senior defense official told USNI News the ships, escorts, and their air wings already in the region were prepared to linger as a contingency option. On Monday, Beijing implied there would be a military response if Ms. Pelosi traveled to Taiwan. And so we already have some major assets in place uh, in the region. And we uh, calculate, and Rick, you remember last week when we uh, learned that the carrier group was le leaving from uh, mm -hmm. uh, Indonesia and that area, mm -hmm. and we calculate how many days it would take to get to Taiwan, mm -hmm. and it was Tuesday. Yes. And so, um, it turns out, you know, you know, we were doing our math right. So, so it's all 
choreographed. Right. So it's all been choreographed. The, the Pentagon had to give orders at some point yes. to the carrier group. They said, "Listen, uh, Nancy Pelosi, we know she's going to be there Tuesday. Go ahead and start moving assets in place." And so now they're set. So I don't believe, Doc, that the Pentagon said, "Hey, we've." We were calculating it. Nancy's going to be about Tuesday. Oh no, I, I understand I, they're coordinating it yes, together. So they worked it together. Right. Okay. They worked it together. This is a planned operation. This is not that. It's not that Nancy just got up one day and said, "I feel like taking a trip." Now this was planned a long time ago. Planned a long time ago. We're in a Masonic matrix. You know, she was supposed to go back in April. Yes. So, but she got COVID. Right? Yes. I guess COVID is, you know, now President's got it for the second yes. time in two mm -hmm. weeks. Um, I wonder what changed at that point. They weren't ready for the war. But now they are. Now they are. They're not ready for it, but they, now they want the war. Uh, let's take a look at what's going on in Russia. Radio Sputnik. Putin announces the transfer of Zircon missiles to the Russian armed forces. Now, Zircon missiles aren't just ordinary missiles with a fancy name. These are the hypersonic missiles, their next technology. And so the supply of Zircon hypersonic missiles to the Russian armed forces will begin in the coming months, Russian President Vladimir Putin said. Suffice it to mention the latest Zircon hypersonic missile systems, which have no analogs in the world for which there are no barriers. Dear comrades, their delivery to the Russian armed forces will begin in the coming months. And he said this during a naval parade over the weekend in St. Petersburg. Uh, Mr. Putin added that the Admiral Gorshkov frigate would be the first ship to carry the new weapons. And the frigate Admiral, Admiral Gorshkov will be the first to take up combat duty with this formidable weapon on board. The area for the service of the ship equipped with Zircon hypersonic and cruise missiles will be chosen based on the interest of ensuring Russia's security, the Russian leader said. Now, he went on to speak and said, speaking about naval doctrine, Putin noted that it would ensure security tasks. The new naval doctrine of Russia has been approved. We have openly designated the borders and zones of Russia's national interests, he said. Now, this is interesting here because uh, they recently redefined their area of, uh, of military action. Yes, which includes the Arctic. Right. And so they've made some new rules. They've changed their doctrine. Mm -hmm. uh, these are their new uh, ways they're going to be operating in yes. the future. Why? Because the West has threatened them. And so they've had to reevaluate uh, re where they were at in the past and now they've had to expand their areas of service and protection for their, for their armed forces. So they have new red lines. Yes. Okay. And Oh, which we'll ignore again, and so yeah. And we have um, we got a video um, from the Russian military showing the uh, the test launch of the Zircon. So when he says that there are no limits to this, Rick, he really means that. There, yes. The world is, is the target. Yes. Because yes. the hypersonic missiles 
We've seen de demonstrations. The Chinese yes. were able to send them completely around yes. the globe several times. You have to uh, now accept the fact that at any minute, Washington, D.C., Paris, London, Brussels could be destroyed without warning in a few minutes, Doc, from a Zircon leaving a Russian ship. When they say no limits, that's what it means. Uh, Doc, several weeks ago, we detected a change in the language of Russian military and political leaders, and you and I said, um, okay, so here's a clue. Something's changing. They, they, they said um, it, it has something to do with the territory that they were fighting on. And, they, and they were pushing, they were going to push back. Remember they said they were going to push the Nazis back? Yes. Do you remember that? Particular? Yes. Okay. And then we started seeing stories where, about Poland taking over part of Ukrainian territory. Yes. And, you know, at that time, this was really weird. This was, they're already talking about uh, dividing up territory and they're still actively fighting. Yes. Um, but. Well, today, yes. today, Former Russian President Medvedev uh, published on social media his version of the future map of Ukraine. And we're going to show you the actual map. Now, this is, uh, this is his new map. As you, as you see, uh, Kiev, the capital, that yellow, that's all that's left of Ukraine. Right, the yellow blue there, uh, that little map right there, right in the center. In other words, it's just basically a province of what uh, uh, was before. And look, the, uh, the map on the uh, left-hand side where Poland, once again, like we had talked several weeks ago, uh, is taking, uh, you know, over uh, control of... I believe that's why it's blue. Right. I believe the reason Ukraine is blue is that Ukraine has now, under this map, mm -hmm. has become a, a province of Poland, and the yellow is what's left of the existing Ukraine, and it will be the state of Kiev. And I noticed there, too, that they also assigned uh, some territories to Romania, too. But uh, m much of the uh, territories uh, on the, uh, in the eastern part of Russia there, I mean Russia, it will be Russia, Eastern part of Ukraine, all the way up to the nearly the current capital of Ukraine. Oh, I see what you're saying about Romania. There's kind of that uh, neck, right? That goes up and touches uh, Kiev. That's Medvedev is saying that will be part of Romania. Right. Now, it, what's significant about this is the fact that Dmitry Medvedev posted this. Yes. Okay. Not that this was some analyst speculation or anything like that, but the this former, was... The former president. Right. Who's he, become... He has now become a, a war hawk. Right. He used to be very mild-mannered, easygoing technocrat. And, and now he... Uh, you could tell he wants to... Um, he wants to put down the people that he believes are the enemies of Russia. He's in full war mode right now. He's totally backing a war. And remember, he's, he's a deputy chairman of the Russian Security Council. Basically the War Council. Yes. So uh, the next one, Interfax, uh, Putin says a nuclear war should never be unleashed. This is today.
Right, and this is really in response to uh, uh, Anthony Blinken came out uh, uh, over the weekend and accused all Putin talks about is war, nuclear war, nuclear war, and then Vladimir Putin comes out with this. Mm -hmm. Uh, saying that nuclear war should never be unleashed. I agree with him, by the way. And, uh, and Mr. Blinken also said the U.S. would only use nuclear weapons in extreme cases. Right. Well, who defines extreme? Uh, yeah, we do, and we want to. <laughs> Which could happen this week. Right. The, the, the shooting down of, of the House Speaker's plane, the sinking of the USS Ronald Reagan, would those be extreme cases? That could happen in the next 72 hours, Doc. Next 24 hours. And so uh, the article from Interfax it goes on to say that Russian proceeds from the fact that there could be no winners in a nuclear war and that it should never be unleashed, Russian President Vladimir Putin said in an address to the participants of the conference to review the operation of the uh, Treaty on Nonproliferation of Nuclear Weapons, the Nonproliferations Treaty for us. As a state party to the MPT and one of its uh, depositaries, Russia consistently follows the letter and spirit of the treaty. Our obligations under bilateral agreements with the United States on the reduction and limitation of relevant weapons have also been fully fulfilled. We proceed from the fact that there can be no winners in a nuclear war and it should never be unleashed. We stand for equal and indivisible security for all members of the world community, Putin said in a statement published on the Kremlin's website. So, uh, do you believe that Russia feel, really feels that way? Because, um, I mean, they had said earlier that if the existence of Russia was threatened, there shouldn't even be a world without Russia. Well, Putin didn't say it. Uh, there, was a, uh, there was a statement by a prominent Russian television news commentator. Right. But I, I believe he... Uh, I believe he represents the viewpoint of a lot of Russian leaders. Uh, so officially, does Russia want a nuclear war? No. If their back is against the wall and their survival is at stake, yes, they're going to have a nuclear war. Because the mindset is going to be, if we're going to disappear, everybody's going to disappear. And something that could trigger a nuclear response from Russia would be an attack on Russian territory, right? Mm-hmm. So, you mean like the next article? Right, from Newsweek like, here. Like an attack on the capital city, Moscow? Right, so Ukraine is saying, we need to make preventive strikes and hit Moscow and other forces in Russia, a lawmaker in Ukraine said. As fierce fighting between Ukrainian and Russian troops continues in the eastern region of Donetsk, with Moscow failing to make significant advances for weeks. Former Governor of Luhansk Oblast George Tuka says it's time Kiev launches preventive airstrikes directly onto Russian territory. In an interview with the Ukrainian news site Obraz Revatel, Tuka said Kiev will not fight to the last Ukrainian, but to the last Russian, saying Ukraine should not limit itself to hit enemy targets within its territory, but strike on Russian territory too. And went on to quote, I would very much like our American partners to stop trying, tying us hand and foot with the demand not to shell the territory of Russia, he told the news outlet. In my opinion, the task of, of preventive strikes, I like how they use these terms, preventive strikes, 
on military facilities located on the territory of both Russia and Belarus is a matter of security of our country, and not just some political scaremongering. For a long time, both Russia and Belarus deserve to receive certain actions in return. And so uh, here you have a Ukrainian lawmaker saying we need to make direct strikes right to the heart of Belarus and right to the heart of Russia here. It's, he's calling for missile strikes on Moscow. <laughs> what do you think happens after that first missile lands in Moscow? There's going to be a very dramatic response by the Russians. All of this could break loose this week. Yes. Look, if, if the Kerch Strait Bridge goes down this week, at the same time Pelosi goes down, the fight is on. The war is fully engaged at this point. Um, Doc, do you remember back in June? I think it was June. Uh, time has gone by so quickly. I don't think it happened in July. I think it was uh, in June that Putin seized control of a uh, LNG gas refinery in, in Russia. It was on Russian soil. Right. And it was partially owned by Shell Oil. Right. And it had a Japan connection, too. Yes. It was one of the major suppliers to Japan, if I recall. Yeah. Well, Japan imports 9% of their natural gas. But of that 9%, 100% of it came from that facility in Russia. So they effectively lost 9% of their national supply of LNG. Yes, I, I recall that story. Right, so so the, the West is, uh, the United States is applying pressure on all the allies, toe the line, um, play hardball with Russia, uh, make no concessions. Uh, we're going to drive Russia into the ground. Right, so okay. that, they can do that with the NATO partners and everything, but now we've got greater NATO. Mm -hmm. You know, we've got the friends like Japan and New Zealand and others, and so... Well, I found this story in NHK TV News in Tokyo. Japan notifies the United States of its intention to retain partial ownership in the Sakhalin 2 gas project. Right. That sounds to me, Doc, like Tokyo told Washington, we're not interested in going without natural gas. We'd like to work something out with Putin. And that's exactly where they're going. So another crack in the wall we're seeing here. Japan's economy and industry minister, Haguda Koichi, has notified the United States of his country's uh, intention to retain stakes in the Sakhalin 2 oil and natural gas project in Russia's Far East region. Haguda conveyed uh, Japan's stance during the inaugural 2 plus 2 talks of the foreign and economic chiefs of Japan and the U.S., in Washington on Friday. Now, speaking to reporters after the talks, Haguda said the Sakhalin 2 project, which is in which two Japanese trading houses hold major stakes, was among the topics discussed by the officials. He said he is aware of calls for Japan to withdraw from the project. However, he said withdrawal could mean ceding Japan's rights to a third party, and as a result, Russia would reap huge benefits. So translate that. Uh, we're not going to have somebody else tell us how to get our buy and buy our gas. Yes. So Lavrov has been busy. Yes. So we're first. We see Hungary last week, where mm -hmm. they've been making 
you know, direct overtures. And then you saw uh, cracks within that most recent agreement with the EU where they said, all right, we're going to have to kind of tamper down and quit using so much gas, but we're going to give exceptions to a few countries here. Mm -hmm. well, the other countries, you know, why don't I get an exception? Mm -hmm. But also so, over the weekend, Russia cut off the gas to Latvia. Oh, that's right. Yeah, that story popped up over the weekend. Mm -hmm. So there are things that are happening here, and they're, now there's choices. So if uh, Japan is uh, willing to stay in partnership uh, with Russia, does that mean that Japan's in partnership with a dictator, a killer, a murderer, a despot? I mean, that's what Putin is, right? Oh, yeah. you know, um, the newest story that I saw today, so, some of the London papers, especially the, you know, the, the tabloids. So the Express of London, they, they should get an award for comedy writing. So their front page today, they said, uh, Russian security forces, intelligence uh, forces are preparing for the evacuation of Vladimir Putin. Oh, really? That he's going to flee Russia. That is, things are so bad. The war is going so bad for him, and things are so bad in Russia that they, they have an evacuation plan to get him out of, out of the Kremlin and into another country. That, is, that propaganda is so ridiculous to, to, to think that Putin is planning a getaway. They've been running these types of stories ever since this war started. Putin's not going anywhere. Uh, before he goes anywhere, he's going to push the button. Yes. Okay. He's not fleeing. If it gets that bad, he's going to push the button. And the whole thing will go up. But it's part of the propaganda. And, and you know, people believe this stuff. The last story um, I, I want to talk about today, uh, it's not war with China, it's not war with uh, Russia, but it is war against uh, free speech. It's war against um, liberty. And that is uh, Bloomberg uh, reporting what happened over the weekend. Uh, Alex Jones Infowars filed bankruptcy uh, involving um, the multiple lawsuits he's involved in it, with, it, involving uh, Sandy Hook. And uh, so we, we get a couple uh, paragraphs from the Bloomberg article and then uh, Doc and I will comment. So Infowars is once again turning to bankruptcy court for refuge as Sandy Hook victims' families near judgments against the far-right radio show and its proprietor, Alex Jones, over allegations that the school shooting never happened. The ultimate parent of Infowars, Free Speech Systems LLC, filed for Chapter 11 bankruptcy on Friday in the middle of a two-week trial in Texas over the Sandy Hook defamation claims. A separate trial in Connecticut is set to go forward in September. Now, Free Speech Systems is seeking a special type of bankruptcy protection that allows small businesses to speed through insolvency with relatively little input from creditors. Companies are typically only allowed to utilize that kind of proceeding if they owe less than $7.5 The InfoWars parent has more than $50 million of debt, much of it owed to an entity owned by founder Alex Jones, according to the court papers. Now, Free Speech System syndicates the InfoWars radio show in which Jones frequently spouts conspiracy theories. That's Bloomberg saying that. And sells dietary supplements. 
The company generated revenues of about $65 million in 2021, most of which came from the sale of supplements to post an, and still had a net loss of 11 million court paper show. We have very serious concerns based on discovery done in Connecticut that Alex Jones has been systematically siphoning large amounts of money out of free speech systems. Eleanor Sterling, an attorney representing Stan, Sandy Hook victims, uh, excuse me, families in a defamation lawsuit said in the hearing, Sterling's clients intend to participate fully in the bankruptcy process, she said. Uh, one more quote from that article. The defamation trial in Texas against Jones and free speech systems may conclude as early as Friday. Judges in both Texas and Connecticut have already issued default judgments against Jones after he failed to turn over documents as part of the lawsuits, but the trials will help determine damages to be awarded. So, Rick, this is a, a significant challenge for Alex Jones. It's the point. end of the road. It's the end of the road. Um, a month or two ago, he filed bankruptcy uh, petitions on some of the other companies that he owned, and uh, the court rejected the bankruptcy petitions. They wouldn't allow him to file bankruptcy. But it wasn't the main mothership. Free speech systems is the mothership. That's the legacy organization that's been around. That's, that's the owner of InfoWars. And that's the company through which uh, the money has been flowing. Now, I'm not gonna get into the particulars, uh, $65 million in annual sales and still losing 11 million. That, that means he, that means InfoWars was spending $77 million a year? That's where the math lands. Okay, that's so. impossible. That's impossible based on the based on the operation of what he does, okay? I know what we do here. I know what our budget is. Um, there's no way, but I'm, I'm, that, that part, I'm not even gonna talk about, okay? Right. That's another discussion. Uh, he, he has not turned over the financial records to the bankruptcy court, and that's why, that's why um, the, the, the proceedings are going in the way that they are. Really what's happening now, the trials basically, as I said, there, it is to determine the size of the damages. I mean, there's, there's, the families are seeking something like $200 million in damages. $200 million, okay? Doc, once a company files bankruptcy, you're assuming that the, the federal judge is gonna allow it to go through but it was rejected two months ago on the other companies. Right. There's no, there's no certainty that they're going to allow this petition to, to um, be processed and that the company be declared bankrupt. If, if InfoWars, when it's free speech system, if it went through bankruptcy, it stops the lawsuits. That's what it does. It puts the brakes on it. But it also puts, puts the assets of free speech yes. systems into the hands of the court that's, for distribution. Yes, that's what I wanted you to, that's what I wanted our audience to know. The moment a company goes into bankruptcy, the, the owner or the owners lose control. And the company is then turned over to a bankruptcy trustee. And it means that Alex Jones 
can't even, he can't write a check. He can't do anything. Right. He can't buy toilet paper. He for can't the do restroom. anything. He has zero power. He can't do anything because he will not be running free speech systems anymore. A federally appointed trustee will right. be in charge of the corporation. And that trustee could order that everything in possession of that corporation be sold. It, this is the end. This is the end of free speech systems. I, I cannot see any way, because even if he managed to get through the bankruptcy deal, he's got multiple lawsuits where they're asking for 200 million, you know, something like 176 or 196 million, I forget the exact number, but let's just say around number, $200 million in damages. So if you get out of bankruptcy court, and now you have, you have um, judgments against you for $200 million, what do you do now? You can't function. There'll be liens put on everything that you have, um, so it, this is what we're witnessing. Is this is the end of Infowars? He won't even have ownership of the name Infowars because it's, it's intellectual property that belongs to free speech systems, which will then be in the hands of a bankruptcy judge. So um, now, Alex uh, will probably have to start over. Uh, he has formed a new corporation. Yes. And he'll probably start over with another company, but he's going to be stripped down personally. Um, at some point, he's, he has to reveal what he personally has. Now, right. if you notice, it said that his company, Free Speech Systems, was $50 million in debt, and most of it was to him. Right. And what translate that for our audience? That means Free Speech Systems owes Alex Jones, Alex Jones $50, $50 million. million. Dollars. Yes. That means Alex Jones had to have $50 million to start off with. Yes, to, to, to loan to the company. It means he was underwriting the company out of personal funds uh, to the tune of $50 million. So even once the bankruptcy judge picks the bones of free speech systems, he, he then goes after Alex Jones personally, everything that he owns. Houses, cars. Well, in Texas, you can't touch a house because a homestead. Primary house, that yes, is. primary house. Right. Florida, thank God for Florida and homestead. Texas. Yeah. You have homestead, homestead. protection. But uh, everything else is fair game. And, and so we're, we're seeing the, this is the end of, of InfoWars. This is the end of Alex Jones as you have known him. Um, I believe he'll, I believe he'll um, bounce back somehow. I don't know. Oh, what yeah. that, he's not out. No, he's not out, but he is severely wounded at this point. Uh, look, um, all of us who are in this uh, battle against the regime, we are all struggling to stay afloat. We're all dodging bullets. We're in a very dangerous time. Um, the people that are after uh, Donald Trump, the ones who want to put him in prison, it's not Donald Trump that they're after. It's you. 
It's you. They want to make sure people like you and me never get power again. And we are the targets. You and me, we're the targets. And making sure that Donald Trump is locked up or financially destroyed or whatever they can do to him, that is, that is to Im- impair you and me from ever having any political influence in this country again. That's what yes. the battle's about, Talk. They're never, ever going to allow common people to overrule the system. It caught them by surprise in 2016. They are not going to allow it to happen again. Right. Okay. And, but these are the same people that are taking us to war with China and Russia. You know, Mr. Putin said the other day, you know, the things that, that the U.S. has done against his country. You know, when I read it, I thought, well, Mr. Putin, the same people have done it to the American people. Yes. They've used the same tactics on us. They're just going after you now. It's the same group. It's the same regime. But what I'm saying is um, anybody who's in this, uh, in this battle for free speech, for reporting news from a perspective that is different than the establishment, anybody who's seeking to have any kind of of uh, civic conversation that is not approved by the tech companies, the corporations, uh, the radical left, the warmongers. If you're not in line with them, life is very difficult for you right now. And uh, so for Alex Jones, he's come to the end of the road at this point. That's my personal view. I want to say the end of the road, I'm talking about InfoWars in its present iteration. I believe he'll bounce back, uh, but he'll be severely wounded. He'll be handicapped. He won't have the resources. And if they put judgments on him, Doc, he can't own anything the rest of his life. Yes. We know friends that live with that. Yes. The moment he has something, there'll be a sheriff who comes to pick it up. It'll be a U.S. Not a sheriff. It'll be a U.S. Marshal. There'll be a U.S. Marshal who shows up. Oh, you have a car. Oh, we're taking it. Because how, how do you pay off $200 million in a lifetime? You can't. You can't. Uh, so uh, it's, uh, it's, it's, a major, uh, it's a major setback for him. I, again, I don't see how he recovers from this. And, um, you know, it's... It is indicative of the times that we're in. I am grateful to Almighty God that the Lord has protected me from numerous attacks, schemes, plots, enemies, critics. It hasn't been easy. And, uh, but the Lord has fought for me, and that's because I've always honored the Lord. Okay. I make mistakes. Um, not perfect but I honor the Lord and my heart is set towards him to, to honor him, to exalt him, to look to him and to lead people to him. And because of that, then I have a covenant relationship with my heavenly father. And 
And if anything happens with Alex, I would hope that he would develop that kind of relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that's what each of us need right now. Amen. Uh, I pray that the worst does not happen to us this week. Folks, I'm not trying to be... I'm not trying to be melodramatic here. There is no guarantee you and I will be alive by Friday. That's how serious this is this week. Doc and I, we've been here for years. We've been telling you this is coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's coming. It's here. This is it. This is it. It's here. This is what it looks like the day before a nuclear war. This is it. Where you wake up in the morning, you turn on... Fox News or turn on the car radio and sometime during the night <laughs> the shooting started. There may not be anything on the radio. <laughs> there may not be too. anything on Fox News. Everything may be dark. That's how fast this could go down. So if your life has anything wrong amiss with the Lord, today is the day to get it straightened out. Amen. Today. Get it straightened out today. We have no guarantee of tomorrow. Things could spiral out of control extremely fast in the next 72 hours. God have mercy on us. God have mercy on us. God willing, Doc and I will be back here tomorrow. God bless you.